The following is a production of Omnis.tv. On this episode of Unsigned, I welcome music guest New Medicine. I'll also cover the Oscars, the NBA, top movies at the box office, bingo hall brawls, and much, much more tonight here on Unsigned. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unsigned. I'm your host, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me here on a Tuesday evening or whatever day it may be when you finally hear this. But hey, uh, I've got a great show for you this evening. And uh, it's really, as many of you know, this is the last show uh, of Unsigned under its current working title. And before I begin the night, there's some things I want to say and I want to do some thanks uh, as well. Now, we have a great music guest this evening as well, New, Jake from New Medicine. We're stopping by here in probably about five, ten minutes. So definitely sit tight. Some great tunes. going to be a great interview, so definitely stick around for that. But, uh, again, I, I, a lot of people I want to thank you know, who have uh, helped us reach the point we're at right now uh, with Unsigned and moving into the new show, which will start next week. is titled Revelator on March 5th, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern. I want to thank Spider Rockets from New Jersey. They've been on twice. Uh, Vanatica, one of the first bands we've ever had on who are out in L.A. now. They've been on three times, including the Christmas shows as well. Uh, Bryn, David Martinez, also part of the Christmas show. Uh, Pullman Standard, Roosevelt Radio, Culver, Broken Romeo, The Last Ones, Divided by Design, Damon Black, Ed Lanuette from Shadows Fall, uh, Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe in Australia, Kev from Atomic Honey, Ethan from Scars of Envy, the legendary Phil Susan. Audio Blue, True Apothecary, Sam Bat, The Hush, Jeff Brown from Art of Dying, Varna, Matt DeVeers from Fear Factory, Black Robot, Rob Everest, Bree and her Flying V, The Dreadnought, Cartoon Lion, Lauren from the Lauren Wolf Band. Thank you very much. Also, I want to thank Brad Wood, our MMA specialist, my mentor, uh, one of the uh, best uh, men I've ever known as far as radio goes. That is uh, Mr. Jeff Sack and uh, his wisdom and knowledge of uh, many, many different topics. Uh, former radio buddy of mine and current beat writer for the Cleveland Browns, Daryl Ryder. And, of course, one of the best engineers, producers anybody can ask for. And also the owner of TV. That is Mike. Thank you very much uh, for all you guys have done for us. Uh, and at this moment, I feel like I should give you my blood type and in case of emergency contact information as well. Now, I also want to thank some of our loyal listeners. Uh, you know, we've come, again, uh, quite a long way. And there's a couple names that I want to bring out, people who interact with me quite a bit on Twitter. And that is Bob, Tony, Lisa, Freddie, Andrew, Chris, and all the others I don't know. Uh, you know, I appreciate you including us, including me, including Unsigned as part of your week and part of your entertainment. We really appreciate it and look forward to it. Look, uh, Unsigned, for those who don't know, started way back in 1997 when I first started on radio at a little station called WRO outside of uh, Cleveland. And uh, featured a lot of Northeast Ohio bands like Pickle, Ivan Fuzz, Sift, and many others. And uh, we've I've had many ups and downs in the radio industry over the uh, you know ten plus years. Now, Unsigned was reborn in January 2011, uh, thanks to Mike and Omnis.tv. Now, again, it's sad that you know this title is is ending, but you know we're one ends, a new one begins, uh, being revived, revealing more. That is Revelator. You know, the name is different, yes, but uh, the context is going to be largely the same. With a few wrinkles thrown in, you're just going to have to check out next week, you know, to find out what those wrinkles are going to be. We're going to feature great bands like we always do, interviews, some sports talk, movies, models, comedians. Hell, I'll book Fifty Shades of Grey, read by Bob Gol- Golgwaite, 
to make you laugh if that's what it takes to have a good time. Now, okay, that may make you cringe a little bit and need a therapy session later on, but you get the idea where I'm going here. The new show, Revelator, launches March 5th, 9 p.m. Eastern with the great artist Alex Ryder. We also have Digital Summer, the Dolly Rots, Texas Hippie Coalition, and a lot of others already scheduled in the next uh, couple weeks. So definitely stick around. A lot, a lot of great things on the way. And uh, thanks to everybody I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, audience, guest members, Thank you very much for uh, you know leading us to where we are. Now, let's get into it. As you know, I really enjoy these really wild, funny stories. And this one, I, I saw the guy's name, Early Johnson. I'm like, that's a pretty funny name, right? Early Johnson. Well, Early Johnson was aroused to anger on last Tuesday afternoon, and really for good reason. His porn collection was stolen from his home in Muskingum, Michigan. The porn robbers pounded, or I mean, uh, penetrated. No, I'm sorry. They broke through Johnson's back door. They also stole three flat screen television sets. I guess if you got $7,500 worth of porn, you probably need multiple flat screen TVs. Johnson, 43 years old, estimates again the collection of his porn, $7,500, because it features hard to get uh, films dating back to the 1970s featuring African-American adult actresses. I had a collection of every African-American porn actress that had ever appeared in a film in the 1970s up until now, Johnson told uh, WZZM-TV. The collection, this is, I love this line right here, Uh, the collection was the best in Michigan. A guy from Connecticut told me that. Okay. (laughs) Police had no leads on where the porn ended up, but Johnson, who calls himself the Hugh Hefner of Muskingum, Michigan, is letting is not letting this tragic loss define him. Congratulations to him. Not only is he upgrading, he is going to purchase a brand new HD 3D TV so him and his fiance can watch Blu-ray movies in 3D. I'll be getting my porn in Blu-ray, Johnson said. He told a journalist by the name of Jonathan Stover. Again, I did not make these names up. These are real names. Jonathan Stover Stover and Early Johnson talking about their porn collection and watching it in Blu-ray and 3D. I could just, you know, maybe I don't want to witness an Early Johnson wearing 3D goggles in front of a big, huge flat screen. It's probably not the image you want. um, But uh, it's actually struck a chord with uh, one of the porn industry's monarchy distribution company who is responsible for such films such as Choco Taco 3, Double Fudge Brownies 2, and Home Girls 3. They offer Johnson by giving him a copy of every title in their catalog and also two free passes to the Adult Entertainment Expo in Las Vegas next January. So uh, so I guess, you know, you, you lose porn, you get porn. And uh, so, you know, that's one early Johnson right there, you know. Uh, moving on tonight, it's a bingo fight. You know, I just when I read this story and I couldn't help think about, you know, these uh, elderly, you know, women on, you know, obviously retired fighting at, at a at a bingo hall over what else? Avon products. What else could you fight over? F.I.G.H.T. Fight. Anyway, but uh, some were pushing. I guess a bunch of pushing and shoving took place uh, over Avon products. Uh, Sergeant Cuffer, again, you can't make these names up. Sergeant Cuffer, Portsmouth Police in New Hampshire, uh, said the altercation appears to have been started over one resident being upset over another uh, selling Avon and distribution products on her bingo turf. Uh, <laughs> the officers ended up breaking up the bingo brawl only two hours later when one of the women said she wanted to press charges. Officers are still investigating whether the ass- an assault actually occurred and they're able to press charges uh, over the Avon products at the bingo hall. 
<laughs> Classic. I, 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 would, I scammed everywhere for a video for this or a soundbite, and I could not find one, so I'm a little disappointed in that. But uh, bingo brawls with senior citizens, it doesn't get much better than that. You can imagine what it looks like. Uh, mu- music news, Nine Inch Nails. And we talked about this probably about a month or so ago about Reznor kind of hinted to uh, maybe a new Nine Inch Nails tour. Well, yesterday on his website, Reznor confirmed he was rebuilding Nine Inch Nails in uh, almost an entirely new lineup, including bassist Eric Avery from Jane's Addiction and guitarist Adrian Ballou from King Crimson. Uh, Reznor received, uh, you know, has been working on uh, the project. He said, I've been working with Adrian on musical ideas, which led to some more discussion uh, and performing, which led to some beer scratching, which uh, many steps later led to the decision and rethinking the ideas and what Nine Inch Nails could be and the idea of playing more shows. We called some friends, lots of ideas were discussed, and shows were booked, which led to another and another. There's going to be lots of shows. This is good news. Uh, Reznor, obviously, you know, with Destroy Angels, he's busy with that. He's been doing scores for films, so it's good to see that he's kind of going to return back to his roots and do a Nine Inch Nails. Hard to tell what it's even going to sound like if he's going to do a new album, new music, but uh, definitely a tour worth catching. Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo will be joining the will not be joining the famed metal band Slayer on the upcoming Australian tour following a disagreement with fellow bandmates over band finances. Last year, Lombardo said he discovered that 90% of Slayer's tour income was being deducted as expenses, including fees to management, costing the band millions and leaving them only about 10% profit to split four ways between the band members. Uh, he actually ended up getting an attorney uh, to investigate where the money had been going, uh, and then later, I guess, he was issued a gag order, which he refused to sign, and then at that point, when he showed up for a rehearsal before their tour dates in Australia, he was the only one there, and then he received an email late hours later from the band's lawyer stating that he was being replaced as the drummer for Slayer. Wow, talk about raining blood. They are uh, Slayers fighting over money. If you would have told me that 10 years ago, I would have laughed. But that looks like what's exactly what's going to be happening with these guys. Let's take a look at the Oscars uh, this past weekend. You know, the pageantry, Seth MacFarlane, mixed reviews as the host. Uh, I'll leave that uh, to you to decide for, for those who uh, did or did not enjoy his um, hosting of the Oscars. Uh, best Supporting Actor, Christopher Waltz and Django Unchained. Animated short film, Paperman. Animated feature film, Brave. Uh, I think we talked about this uh, on the show that... Looks like that one's going to definitely win the award, and it did. Cinematography, Life of Pi. Best visual effects, Life of Pi. Supporting actress, Anne Hathaway, Les Miserables, and her nipple. The song Adele for Skyfall, uh, best song. Uh, original ske- screenplay, Quentin Tarantino, Django Unchained. Director, Ang Lee for Life of Pi. Best actress, Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Lining Playbook. Best actor, Daniel Day-Lewis. And best picture goes to Argo. You know... I haven't seen Argo yet, and I've heard it's great. But uh, for Ben Affleck to be upset about uh, not being nominated for Best Director is a little ridiculous. You won Best Picture. Shut up. That's the best award at the Oscars. You know, you won Best Picture. That's a testament to you and the whole crew that you put together on that film. And he's complaining that he wasn't nominated for Best Director. Uh, that that's just my take on it, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, coming to the unsigned show this evening, hailing from Minneapolis, Minnesota, one only new medicine. Yeah, <laughs> Jake, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How's it going with you, man? Ah, uh, doing good, man. Hey, uh, again, thanks for taking the time out tonight. 
and uh, you know, stopping in. I know you guys are busy with uh, you know work on a new album and stuff. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But I'm curious. You, know, you guys started in 2009, uh, released an album uh, summer of 2010. I'm curious about you know how you guys came together as a band and how you came up with the name New Medicine. Um, well, Dan and I have uh, uh, the guitar player and I we we started a band a long time ago in high school. And we had played, it started in like 2005 almost, and we were in high school, we played together. And we played in that for a long time, and uh, all that kind of came to an end in about late 2008. And then uh, we had known Brady, um, um, bass player, for a, a long time. Uh, he played in another band, and we knew Ryan because he was a, a studio drummer that I had hired to play in a song before. And I was like, basically, we, we ended our older band, and we decided that we wanted to start a new band that uh, we picked our favorite players from other bands to come play in this new band and uh yeah it was kind of a it was kind of cool because we just kind of picked the uh best of the best of minneapolis and uh and we had a bunch of great new songs and, and it just it all once we got in the room together it all came together really great and chemistry was there so we rolled with it and uh and uh things just kind of popped really really quick and we we got a deal and um with photo finish and atlantic and uh it was really cool and uh as far as the name goes, New Medicine, we, we thought of it because it was kind of a – we all were in different projects, and we wanted to say, you know, this is something new. This is not what our all of our – all of us came from different bands, and so it was kind of something that we wanted to say. This is something new, and uh, I've always thought that uh, music is a healer. Music is a medicine, and uh, so I guess that's a big thing for me is that music is medicine and uh, and uh, to people, and it's a, it's, a, it's a true healer, so – that's kind of where it came from, just out of, we had a new project, and uh, we like the idea that, you know, music can be your medicine, you know what I mean? Right, no, I definitely do, man. Now, uh, we talked earlier on the phone today, and you mentioned, you know, and we talked about, you know, I, I mentioned, that, you know, the album is really diverse uh, musically, you kind of, you know, a lot of different sounds. Now, does that come from you guys, you know, obviously playing in different bands? Uh, did you guys all come from really different sounds and different types of bands? Uh, definitely, we all, we all have, uh, in, uh, influenced by a lot of different different bands you know like ryan was super into metal i was in I mean, you know dan and i tom petty like nirvana and it's, it's kind of just things are eclectic mix from all over the place brady was really into like punk rock and like folk rock stuff so it's just kind of like a lot of eclectic mix but it all came together to form this thing and uh it's cool and we, we also just strive uh strive to be a little different that we're not we don't sound like everybody else it's like you know, I hate to hear that, you know, oh, this band, oh, they sound just like this, or it sounds like this album or that. It's like, we kind of like that it, it, it's a little different, it stands out, It's you know, and we want, we like to be a little more independent and not be, you know, uh, just a part of another club or something like that. We just like to have our own thing, and it's a little different, but the music takes you on a journey, and, you, you know, you never know what you're going to hear next, you know? Right on. No, I dig that, man. I, I think that is testament to people who have heard the album or, or just going to be introduced to some of your music tonight. I think you're definitely going to see where you're coming there with that. Now, I have to ask, you know, you know, obviously New Medicine, do you remember any names that you guys kicked around that were, you know, that didn't make the cut, you know, any, any of that you recall? Uh, yeah, we had, we, we had a ton of different names. Uh, we were going to be called, what was um, we had one. We had we had spent a night in this town in in Vermont called Killington, and for like two days we were like, "Oh my god, that's the coolest name ever, Killington, Killington." Let's name the band that. And then you just you just kind of get on these trips of different names that you you know you get a uh, super into for a hot second, and then you kind of start thinking about it and tell people, and they're kind of like, "Uh, 
I don't know about that, man. You know, and then you go, okay, wait a minute. Maybe we should rethink that. So we had a bunch of them. I can't remember what some of the other ones were, but uh, yeah, we had just long lists of different names. We uh, just, I can't even really recall a lot of them, but I remember, I remember that one specifically because we were kind of stuck on that one for a minute, but. Very, very cool, man. Now, uh, do you remember, you, know, you talked about your musical influences. Do you remember, you know, when that moment kind of came to you? You guys are, you know, pretty young guys, you know, kind of right out of high school, you know, playing, getting formed as a band. Do you remember uh, when it was you decided, you know what, this is what we're going to do for a living? Do you remember, it was, is there a moment that you go, yeah, this is it, man, we're going to do this? Is there a moment that stands out for you? You know, for me, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's it's been since I was about 12 years old, maybe even younger, I don't know. But I remember when I first heard Nirvana and I just – it kind of just changed me, and I thought that I really, I needed to be in a band, and I needed to do that. I needed to write my own music, and I didn't really care ever if I get rich and famous doing it. I just got to do it because it's what I love to do, and and just like the whole idea that you know, if you do something that makes you happy, then it doesn't feel like you're working. And uh, music has always made me feel so happy, and it makes you know, it just kind of gets you through your day, even when you're having a shitty day or whatever. It just it gets you through and. And, it, and it's a release and it's just, it's always what I've wanted to do. So, and, uh, and sharing that with other people and, and performing and all that, it's just, I decided at a very young age that that's what I wanted to do. And cause that's what makes me happy. And, uh, and so I guess it's a very young age for me, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, it's kind of just like, you know, it doesn't matter if we ever get, you know, I don't care if I'm, you know, driving a Mercedes flying around in a private jet to my shows or in the van sleeping in between the seats. Like it doesn't matter to me. It's about the music and about the fact that I love doing it no matter what. Very cool, man. No, I think that, you know, a lot of people kind of lose, lose touch there you know, when they get a deal or something and they're like, Oh yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, jet flying, limousine riding the whole deal, you know, but, um, you know, sometimes it's not always like that. Sometimes you just got to have a passion for it. It sounds like you guys definitely do. I have to ask me now that you're know, a full-time musician, do you have uh, any day jobs or, you know, did you have a day job that you recall that was just like the worst thing ever, you know, that you had to work, you know, until you kind of found your way? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean like when I, my, one of my first jobs, which when I, we first started, I was like 15 or something. And I, one of my first bands and I had, I worked at Subway. I was a sandwich artist, but I just hated it. And, uh, <laughs> But yeah, my guitar player and I, he were, he had worked there and he's like, I can get you a job. I'm like, okay, cool. So we can pay for this recording. So we took a loan out for some recording to do at some just total crap studio, but they're overcharging us, but we didn't know any better. And uh, yeah, I worked at Subway. So I was a sandwich artist. So I could, I could still probably make a pretty mean sandwich and I, I, I do myself sometimes. Um, but uh, that was one of my first uh crappy jobs i worked while while playing music you know right on right on what's your uh which what's the sub of choice for for uh for you at subway man i don't know because once you work there then you get to make whatever you want so then like all the standard ones are not very fun but if you actually ordered that it, like one of your fun ones that you would make it it's like super expensive because it's not on the menu so it's like i would just put like bacon and cheese on everything and just like you know uh just pimp out your sandwich, but uh, it'd probably be like twenty <laughs> bucks if you did it if you actually made it. <laughs> right. Jared's like, that's not how it's done. That's probably not whatever <laughs> five grams of fat or something. I'll be like, my sandwich should probably give you a heart attack or something. <laughs> Hilarious, man. Well, tell you what, uh, Jake, let, let's uh, let's take a break, man. We, the first track we're gonna hear tonight, which is actually the first single off your debut album, uh, which is titled "Laid." Uh, what can you tell me about this track, man? 
Well, uh, this song I wrote just because it's kind of like, at the time, it, well, it still is today. I mean, like everybody's getting laid off and it's just kind of about like um, a, a, a point in a relationship. It, it's kind of like a point in a relationship where it's like everything in, is going wrong and there's so many things in life these days are, it can go wrong. But then it's at, at the same time, you're with this chick and it's like you kinda, you're kind of thinking about it She's she's just kind of a chick that's like kind of batshit crazy, you know. I think everybody's probably been with one like that, where it doesn't seem like it at first, but then all of a sudden the the fireworks start coming out, and it's kind of like about a a hectic relationship that um she finally like lays it on you that like you know she was with somebody else, she's been with somebody else, you kind of thought it the whole time, but it's just this whole thing exploding in your face like, uh, and just when you thought like it was all good, she lays it on you, and it's kind of just like everything in your life's going wrong. And then this happens too. It's just kind of a story of a hectic kind of thing. And, you know, I think everybody experiences that, especially being young. I know I had, and, uh, it's just kind of, it's about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could, uh, def- I could probably reel off about five or six and I had the relationships like that. Yeah, with, but, uh, yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll spare everybody that, uh, this is new medicine laid here on unsigned.
Laid, new medicine here on Unsigned, hanging out with uh, Jake from the band. Hey, uh, dude, a really good track, man. Now, I got to ask you, you guys, you know, had this album come out, you know, mid, uh, I think it was uh, July 2010. You know, know, kind of did a lot, did a bunch of tours. I got to tell you, man, what's your uh, favorite thing about playing live? Um, I mean, I guess the, my, my favorite thing is like, is like seeing the progression of, you know, like you said, I think our album came out, it was like, uh, you know, like summer 2010, like it was like, I think August or September or something, whenever it came out, but seeing then to this last year, even we were on tour in 2000, end of 2012, we were doing headline tours and just seeing fans go from nobody knowing who the hell we are to us headlining and everybody knows the words and singing them back. That's like the coolest thing for me is like, is to see that. And it's, it, it's super cool to just see the people that you can definitely tell your music has touched them. And that they definitely like, it means a lot to them. And, uh, cause it, that, that's a, a great thing. That's why I really do it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's not about, us the performers on stage it's just about the fans you know what i mean and and so being on the road you get to see it directly it's cool to see that oh yeah people are listening on the radio and people are buying your records and stuff but it's like to go out there and live and to experience it with them and and play for the 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 fans themselves and uh just just to be able to like you know go out and do his signings and stuff and meet everybody that's the coolest part about the road and and like i said the progression of from when you're one of these new artists to be able to go out there and headline in these small clubs and even if it's four or five hundred kids, it's it's super fun for us. I mean, we we're just happy that they're there singing new meds and uh, and uh, and having a good time with us. Awesome, man! Now you mentioned being on the road, meeting fans. I got to ask, what's the most inter- interesting thing that's happened to either you or a bandmate that you've witnessed? Well, I've witnessed multiple times uh, Brady, a bass player, he uh, signed some boobs, and people got them tattooed on their boobs, his signature, wow. and came back to another show and showed us the boobs with this tat literally tattooed the signature on it. And we're like, Whoa, that is a commitment. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Wow, man. That's, that is definitely a commitment. Hopefully uh, nice boobs well, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely nice boobs. But then also one time we were on stage and we have a song called little sister about my sister who passed away, but somebody threw a bag of ashes on the stage and it was like their dead grandfather or something. I don't know. It was kind of weird. It, it was like, uh, we, we first we thought it was drugs, and then we were like, "Wait, what is this?" And then the guy's like screaming, "It's my ashes from blah blah." He's trying to yell us to up on stage, and we were like, and Dan had picked it up and kind of looked at it and like, "Oh my god, I just realized it's ashes. It's not cocaine. Throw it back." No, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But but seriously, we were like, "What is this?" But it's kind of a strange experience. But uh, there's there's tons of them on the road. You know, you never know what you're going to see. But that's kind of the the adventure of the whole deal. Well, yeah, no, I have to say that might be one of the most interesting stories we've heard is that someone's thrown their dead grandfather's ashes on stage. I don't know if you do you just put that in like in an empty Duke's mayo jar and hand it to him after the show or something. Yeah, like I, I don't really know what he was going for there. Like, I, it's like a tribute to his grandfather or something. Like, hey, your ashes are on stage now, and we were like, uh, not sure what you want us to do with them, bro. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's that's uh. Obviously, you know, pretty, pretty uh, hardcore following, which is, again, you, you mentioned, you know, is, is good to see. You know, obviously, people could take it maybe a little too extreme, but, you know, you're going to have that w- when you're in the, the, the public eye, I guess. Now, is there anything, you, any ritual you have before you take the stage? Um, I think everybody has their own ritual, but I obviously like to, to warm up 
uh, you know, vocally, I like to listen to some music that kind of inspires me and gets me going. Um, kind of just start vibing, and, and maybe maybe we'll do a little few like little push ups and stuff like that. Just a few push ups or and listen to some tunes to kind of get the blood flowing. Do some singing. I sing along to some records. Uh, you know. Drink a bunch. I, I drink a lot of water as the singer. Some of the other guys in the band drink a lot of liquor because they don't have to worry about singing. But uh, <laughs> uh, we all kind of have our own ritual that we like to do. And then about five minutes before the show, we kind of all get together and talk about the show, like what we're going to do. And then we kind of put your fists in the middle and kind of like, you know, team, here we go. And uh, and then we go out there and we do it. Very cool, man. Now, uh, I have to ask, man, what, what are some of the songs you typically uh, will, will queue up before a show, man? Um, we'll like to, we'll, we'll, uh, you like our playlist before the show, you mean? Yeah. We like to rock some, you know, anything rock, uh, like Rage Against the Machine, Beastie Boys, ACDC, Nirvana, Foo Fighters. Like we kind of just like to keep it rock and roll, like our favorite bands. And once in a while we'll throw in some bands like from, from Minneapolis that we like or something or, or whatever, just for bands that we're friends with, you know, we'll, we'll throw some Hailstorm or something like just, just all tons of stuff. You know what I mean? Very cool, man. Well, I know uh, you know that 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 music scene uh, in Minneapolis is, is produced uh, some really great bands. Uh, I don't know if if you guys know uh, you guys you friends with Throw the Fight. I know they're from that area, right? Yeah, yeah. We just actually they we just did a, head, a couple of headline shows and we had them out on there, and uh, it was really fun. We love those guys. We know them very well. We know you know Ryan and James really well. I've known them. They kind of were coming up with us when uh, our in our first band. Uh, we had played with them all the time, and, and it, it's kind of cool to you know run into each other on the road, you know, even to this day, you know. Very cool, man. Well, I'll tell you what, let's. Uh, I want to talk more about you know obviously the album, which is the title of the album, and the next track we're also here as well, which is "Race to the Bottom." One of honestly one of my favorite tracks off the album as well. One is uh, I love the title, uh, and two, talk to me about recording this album. Obviously, the first album you guys did together. Uh, what are some of the challenges you guys face uh, while putting this album together, man? Well, we just, we had so many songs and we, and it was kind of a challenge. We had recorded like almost 25 songs. We had a bunch of songs written. We couldn't decide which ones we were going to do because the band just kind of formed and all of a sudden it was just like, bam, we, uh, we had written a ton of songs and then we got a deal and it was just kind of like, okay, go do a record. And we're like, whoa, it all just kind of came together really fast. So we kind of had to like learn who we really were in the studio and, and what songs were working for the band and what we loved and, and what we wanted to put out. So um, it, it was a cool, it was a challenge, you know what I mean? And and we we'd gone into the studio with Bill Stevenson out in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and so we we moved out there for a two, a two months to record. And he he's a drummer from Black Flag and and uh, the Descendants. He's really cool, and he'd done the all the Rise Against records and some Puddle of Mud records we liked, and so we were like cool, and and we got along with him great. And we did most of the album out there, but then we didn't really feel like we were done. We had written a bunch of more more songs since then so we uh we went back in the studio in minneapolis and did a few tracks of the producers that originally we had started with because we had written some new songs and uh and uh so it was kind of like we had we did the majority of it with bill but then we did a few extra songs because we had written some new songs as a band and so um it's kind of a it was kind of a cool process but it was just kind of a challenge to kind of finally get it right what we thought was like you know, hey, we wanted to take 25 songs and cut it down to, you know, the best 10 or 11, you know what I mean? And uh, that's what we did, and we feel like it, you know, in the end, it came out came out really great. 
No, I, I agree with you 100%. Man. I, I think from start to finish, the album is solid. Uh, a lot of different, uh, a lot of diversity, man, from the you know, Little Sister you had mentioned. Um, Resolve the Fight, I think, is a great track. I mean, there's a lot of great tracks on that album. And like I said, it's hard to pick, you know, uh, just a couple tracks. I wish we could play more. But uh, tell you what, let's, let's uh, take a break, man. We'll listen to Ratio to the Bottom here on Unsigned. This is New Medicine. New Medicine here on Unsigned, hanging out with Jake from the band. And uh, dude, a really cool track, man. And, and uh, I want to talk to you. You know, we were talking about the old album. Dude, you guys are recording a second album right now. We Actually, you guys are in Nashville. I didn't know this until uh, kind of today, really, that you guys are basically down the road for me. In the second week in a row, we've had a, you know, a, a guest who's you know recording in Nashville. Uh, talk to me about you know, the difference from you know the challenges you faced the first time around recording to where you guys are right now, man. Um, well, you know, like I said, you know, we were kind of learning who we were as a band, and 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 learning what our audience, what our audience was, and and who's who's list, who listens to our kind of music, and what what we are, and 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 who listens to that. And then, you know, in the last three years, we've gotten, you know, 
we've gotten to 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 live and breathe it all and, and kind of see it. And our biggest thing is, you know, we felt like we made a great first record. We want to make an even better second record. We don't want to, you know, everybody's like the sophomore slump. But I've been writing since the day our first record came out three years ago. I was I've been writing new songs for the next record. So I'm super excited about the new one. And I think musically, it's the best stuff I've ever done. A better part of, you know, period. Like. I, I'm like dying for it to be released, but it takes time, you know what I mean? And we, we want to get it all right. And we really want to sonically push things too a little bit. It's like uh, um, just being, you know, uh, the new, I, I don't know. We just, we just want to be different. We don't want to sound like every other band on the radio and, and uh, we want the songs. I just feel like most of all, we've kind of found our direction of who we are and, and who our audience is. And, uh, I think they're going to really enjoy the next record and we're definitely pushing um, more boundaries like we always have. And, and uh, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just more excited about this, this than I, than anything I've ever, any full record that I've ever done. I've, I've never been so focused in on what I think what um, we're, we're going for. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I'd say we're even more than halfway done um, with it. So it's a exciting process and, and uh, I cannot wait for people to hear it. Very cool. I, I mean, it sounds. You know, I like the. I think the key word you said there is record. You know, a lot of people are worried about playing singles. You guys are trying to write an album, which I, I love. Now, I'm curious. I mean, has your uh, obviously you know being on the road. You know, it's been a couple of years since you know the first one. Uh, ha- has the writing process changed for you as far as studio time is concerned? I mean, is there is there a different approach? Obviously, a little bit more experience, a little more seasoned. Is there a different approach this time where you know there's certain nuances that you you pick up on now that you didn't pick up on say a couple years ago? I mean, every time you're in the studio and writing, you just kind of learn to get better. And and I, I feel like and uh, I'm a sponge when it comes to all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, I I would say we're light years ahead of where we were before when we first went in the studio four years ago to do our first record compared to now i feel like we're so much further along and so we're we're just starting at this whole different place and and it's just you try to challenge yourself always and so and always try to get better you know like um i'm an ambitious person i always want to be like the best and 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 push it and and really and work hard and sometimes the guys uh, you know i wear them out but i mean i just I think they see my vision, and uh, and it's worth it. Usually, in the end, it always it, it, it always seems worth it. And uh, yeah, I mean, like like you said, just just the the more time you've been in the studio, the, and more times you've done it, um, the the easier not easier, but it's just you just learn more. So it's uh, it's cool. I think we've we've come so far, and uh, I'm just I'm just loving the ride. Very cool. But now, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up is you guys have something coming up on, I, b- I believe you said March 12th, which is uh, on Stage It. Uh, talk to me uh, about you know this uh, particular performance you guys are doing, which I think is an online performance. You guys are going acoustic for this. Is that right? Yeah. Well, what we wanted to do is because we're not able to go back on the road because we're in the middle of this recording is that we wanted to be able to at least give some people uh, you know, a little insight and a little a, a little you know, show to, to, to for people and as well as people that can't make it to shows all the time or they're not old enough to come out to a show at a bar on a Tuesday night or whatever it may be or if you're international, whatever. But you can just, anybody can come to this show and it's a chance for us to kind of be very one-on-one with our fans because like I always tell people, I'm like, it's 2013, so it's like, take it to the fans. Like, you know, don't worry about, you don't need to worry about record labels and this and that and the other thing. It's just like, 
you it's just us and our fans directly there's no middleman it's just us and and uh and uh, we're using this platform to do it stage it it's cool we, we we really love the whole um idea of it and so you can go on there and we're and people are going to be able to ask us questions and we'll answer them on video you know we'll be live and we want to do it so it's just all in the fans hands so it's like they can choose the songs we're going to give them a choice on what songs they want to hear and everybody can vote we're going to if they want to vote for us to play a certain cover song we'll do a cover song for them wherever that may be nirvana who knows what it'll be but that we might we're probably going to play a new song that we've never released before that no one's ever heard and then we made this exclusive video um of stuff it's a kind of a collection of three or four different songs from the studio that we're are pretty much done now um that are some of the first stuff that's done from the for the new record that's coming out and we're going to make it an exclusive password so you can only get it if you go get a ticket to this show so we only released 200 tickets and uh it's only it's seven bucks you get in and then you get a password you're going to hear the new stuff you can you know request any song you want so it's kind of cool it's just a it's a way for us to get out there directly to our fans and, and give them something exclusive and, and uh, an inside kind of uh, view on us. And you're going to see us in our house in Nashville, you know, in the studio. So it'll be cool. Awesome. And no, I think it's a great idea, man. And uh, I, any uh, chance you guys do a little teaser uh, of anything off the new album during that, uh, during that session? Yeah, like I said, we, we made this video and it has three songs from the new album in it. It's got about 30 or 40 seconds of each song. So you're going to get a little password. If you, if you're on there, we're going to tell everybody that gets a ticket to the show, the password to this Vimeo account, which will then you'll be able to listen to the, we're giving you the people that go on the stage at show an exclusive kind of listen to the new three new songs that we're pretty excited about. Very cool, man. Now, uh, Getting back to uh, you know the album, I'm not going to push you for a release date now. Uh, have you guys kicked around the idea for uh, name of the album by chance? Um, yeah, we had we had we actually we had one that was uh, we were th- we thought about calling it we might call it Broken Bones and Bar Fights. We uh, there's a lot of stories in this new record, and uh, we liked that title. We have a bunch of stuff. Bleed to Believe was a title I had, basically like you know. Um, if you really believe in something, you would you you know you bleed for it. You know what I mean? Because we've really put in everything to this band. I mean, it's it, it might seem like you know yes, now we've had success. You know, it's not like we're just on Easy Street or it's ever been Easy Street. We've we've put blood, sweat, and tears into this thing, man. It's like you know I can't tell you how many times where we've had a broken down van on the side of the road and you know had to call for help and ask our borrow money from our parents and stay at their their parents' houses. Just you know. It's a long, long road, and uh, so that was another title I had kicking around. But I'm not exactly sure yet. It kind of depends on how the rest of the album shapes up. But um, those are kind of a few ideas I've had kicking around in my head. Well, it sounds like some good ideas, man. We'll definitely uh, keep us posted here. Uh, you know, when you guys officially release material, we'd love to have you back on, man. Yeah, definitely. When we uh, release the first single, we'll uh, definitely come back on, and we'll we'll give you guys an exclusive listen. I dig that. That's cool, man. Now I know you. You know you're originally from Minnesota. Uh, you're a Vikings fan, right? Big time, man. Big time Vikings. Adrian Peterson, man. Dude, I, I mean, I tell you what, man. For for a guy to his knee to have the the issue he did with his ACL to come back and do not only just come back and play, but to come back and win the MVP of the NFL as a running back the way the NFL has played today is outstanding, man. Uh, 
I don't know what you can say about that guy. He is unbelievable. Did you are you guys really considering trading Percy Harvin, man? Is that a realistic thing I, there in Minnesota, I, man? I, I guess so, just because uh, apparently there's some attitude issues. Or I guess that's what I heard. I I don't know, but the guy, that that guy's insanely talented too. But I don't know. We 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 got we have some work to do. I think still uh, on our offense. So maybe we can get a bunch of stuff for him. Who knows? But he's a super talented guy. Um, we'll see if we were able to hold on to him. I thought him and Adrian Peterson were like pretty good buddies, so I thought that they would want to stick together. But you know, uh, money talks, I guess. Yeah, especially I think now with the NFL, you know, with the new labor union, the way things are structured, I think definitely money does talk big time. Uh, especially you know with the threat of injury and you know head injuries, all that stuff that's going on right now with the legal suits the NFL has. But switching gears on you, baseball season's coming up. Minnesota Twins fan, uh, how you guys uh, shaping up this year, man? I don't know. We've lost a bunch of people, and you know we put so much. We bet all of our cards down on uh, Joe Mauer, but. Uh, his knees are shot, and we haven't. We signed him like a couple of years ago for like eleven years and two hundred million dollars or something. But so Twins, I don't really know. We'll see. It's kind of a the, the best thing about Twins baseball is just going to the game though, because Target Field is by far the coolest field I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of baseball fields on the road. I go to as many games as I can of football, baseball, hockey, whatever. But um, Target Field in the summer, you can't beat it. It's great weather. You're in downtown Minneapolis. So I'll definitely make it to a Twins game this summer, you know, and check out the game, even if we win or lose. But I don't know that you're going to see the Twins in the playoffs, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. Boy, as an Indians fan, I, I feel your pain, man. It's kind of one of those uh, once every couple of years you kind of make a run at it in Major League Baseball. But uh, hopefully, you know, you, know <laughs> you never know. It's just fun just kind of take it in. Like, yeah, this is my team, win or lose. You know, we'll be there hanging out in the bleachers having a couple of beers, man. Yeah, definitely. Wait, uh, Jake, uh, if people are interested in finding out more about you know the Stage It uh, thing you guys have going on, Marshall, they're just interested in the band in general, how can they uh, get more information about you guys, man? Well, you know, we have our website, which is newmedicinerock.com, but uh, also facebook.com slash newmedicine. Um, and uh, that's where we're directly on there a lot ourselves. So if you have a question or you want to just know what's the direct thing that's going on. And then our Twitter is, is just at new medicine and my personal twitter is at jake meds so uh any of those you know places you can definitely keep we keep very up to date with all that stuff and uh you know see what we're up to every day in the studio and what's going on with the band cool man well hey uh i appreciate it now the last song we're going to close with tonight is american wasted which to me is really a party song man i I really dig it and uh i i the reason i picked this is one i really dig the track uh the drum tracks are great uh and it's a party song this is as you know this is the last uh show uh, under the working title unsigned will be officially known as revelator uh next week so i thought you know what better way to close out the interview with a party song than american wasted i love it man that's awesome Cool, man. Well, hey, Jake, uh, best of luck to you, man. Keep in touch. And uh, this is American Wasted here on Unsigned.
American Wasted here on Unsigned. That is New Medicine. And uh, thanks to uh, Jake and uh, New Medicine for uh, coming on on the last very uh, last episode of Unsigned. But have no fear. Again, next week we will return. Same station. Omnus.tv. Same time, 9 p.m. Eastern as Revelator with special guest Alex Ryder. So definitely check that out next week. And uh, you know what? I want to get into some... NASCAR news. What? Daytona 500. Yeah, we don't talk NASCAR a whole lot, but tonight we are. Well, okay. I heard Danica Patrick was on the pole, so I scrambled to find loose cash as fast as possible. I tried to queue up ZZ Top and Motley Cruz legs, girls, 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 and then I found out that the pole position just meant that she was just in a special spot at the start of the race. Thus, I was forced to put on my restrictor plates. Now, I didn't watch the race, but I know Jimmy Johnson won the race, and many, many were happy, and many Bud Lights were consumed during such. Also, I know that Aaron Andrews, formerly of ESPN, now working for Fox, did an interview with 50 Cent. Now, she did not ask him why he had such a cheap name, but, uh, you know, what can you buy with 50 Cent anyway, really? I mean, maybe one of his albums in a CD bin at Target? I don't know. Um, look. To 50 cents credit, to 50, 50, 50, I'm not sure how it's supposed to go, 50. We'll just call him 50 cent piece. Um, to his credit, I guess he did try to sneak a kiss on Aaron Andrews on live television on the Fox's broadcast today, Tony 500. In true fashion of Aaron Andrews, she blocked the kiss away and was and basically kept her professional manner the whole time. This has been your NASCAR update of the year. Let's take a look at the NBA as we, you know, coming out of the, you know, the trade deadline, talk about deadline. The trade deadline was dead. They did a two hour show. They probably needed about 10 minutes. The biggest names of the trade deadline were JJ Reddick, if that tells you anything at all. I think a lot of it has to do with the new CBA agreement, the new luxury taxes taking place, and teams reluctant to take on salary. So you didn't see a lot of really blockbuster moves that you typically will see, maybe one or two. Uh, there was really very, very little movement, a lot of draft picks and, you know, low level players being moved. But you look at the Eastern Conference, uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, at this point, have won 11 in a row. And, you know, the rest of Indiana, New York, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Chicago, Boston, Milwaukee, uh, these teams all floating really, you know, except for New York and Indiana around the 500 mark. Atlanta, uh, I don't know what they're thinking or what they're going to do in Atlanta there. They're going to be the fourth or fifth seed again for the fourth or fifth time in a row. Um, the Look, it's it's the Miami Heat's uh, conference to win. It's just a matter of who's going to, Find, struggle out of the, the Western Conference to find out who they're going to play in the finals. That's pretty much what it comes down to. I don't see any of those teams in the Eastern Conference beating Miami in a best of seven. I just don't see it. You look at the Western Conference, you have San Antonio, Oklahoma City, the Clippers, Memphis, Denver, Golden State, who have really struggled of late, Utah, Houston, and the Lakers right there. They've won four in a row now, seven out of their last ten. Uh, Kobe Bryant has played phenomenal I don't know if they're going to be able to catch Houston, Utah, or Golden State. I think Houston is there. They're going to make the playoffs. The only two teams I see slipping are Utah and Golden State. So I think the Lakers might actually slip into the playoffs. The only downside is that you probably have to play San Antonio or Oklahoma City in the very first round, and you're probably going to get waxed. But uh, the more I think about the the playoffs as we reach you know the back end of the season here at the Western Conference, there's only really two teams I think that can beat Miami in a best of seven. Some people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this, and I think it's San Antonio and Memphis, maybe Denver, in a best of seven. 
the Clippers and Oklahoma City, uh, they're too too much isolation. They don't have enough size underneath, uh, enough skilled size underneath. Where San Antonio and Memphis have very large skilled players, where they can pound uh, Miami uh, on the front court. That's probably the only way I, I think you could beat Miami is force them into a half court set and just you know force them to you know just basically pound away on them. But uh, that's a quick snapshot of the NBA. And let's take a look at the top movies at the box office, like we always do, starting with number ten, working our way up to number one. Side effects at three point three million. Beautiful Creatures at $3.6 million. Warm Bodies at $4.8 million. Silver Lining Playbook at $5.7 million. Dark Skies at $8.1 million. A Good Day to Die Hard at $8.1 million. Safe Haven at $10.4 million. Escape from Planet Earth at $10.6 million. The movie Snitch, which actually I was able to see Friday evening, uh, I tell you what, that movie is really, really good. That's my recommendation. If you're going to go see a movie this weekend, you want a really strong film, suspense, thriller, action, uh, with just the right amount of drama, uh, Snitches the movie, but also based on a true story. A uh, really, really solid film from top to bottom. Had me on the edge of my seat the whole time, and it's it doesn't drag on. The story is sharp, well-written, and uh, The Rock is very, very good in that film at $13.1 million. And number one, Identity Theft at the box office at $14 million. So uh, let's look at the box office this past weekend. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, as we close out here on Unsigned, uh, what are your thoughts? Man, it was a uh, – I don't want to sound all sad because I want to say it's a, it was a great journey, but let's be honest, man. This is just the first chapter and what I believe to be a grand book with many great chapters. I think Revelator is only chapter two. Um, so I'm like pumped. I'm excited to uh, to basically – open up Revelator to the world, and uh, March 5th can't come fast enough, man. I'm in the same boat, man. Uh, you know, Unsigned has been a project, and you've been a part of, you were a part of some of the early, early shows way back in the day in, in the late 90s uh, with Ivan Fuzz and Pickle and all those guys. So uh, you know, it's been a long journey, and Unsigned has treated us pretty well, and I think Revelator is going to treat us even better. And, again, we have great guests coming up. We've we've been fortunate and been blessed with great guests uh, really uh, through a really large stretch of the last uh, – 30, 40 shows of Unsigned. And uh, a lot of the names I mentioned uh, tonight at the top of the show are, you know, credit to them, you know, for taking the time out and, and, and giving us, uh, you know, their time and uh, donating their music to, to play to the listeners. And also thanks to the listeners. Hey, it seems harder to enjoy the fun things in life. Until next time, do so. <laughs>